Welcome to Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a transformational life coach, comedian, and mother of two. And you can join me weekly to hear some intimate self-reflections and conversations with inspirational friends and guests from all around the world, sharing what they needed to break free from in order to live a life of purpose. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Free. I have a wonderful guest with me today, Penny Coughlin. She was a performing actress and singer for 25 years before becoming a lifestyle consultant and well-being advisor. She's a qualified therapist in herbalism, Chinese medicine and acupuncture, counselling, behavioural therapist, Reiki healer and a motivational speaker who has created an amazing programme called Reset Me 123. Hi Penny, so happy to have you with me here today. <laughs> Hi Rania, thank you so much for inviting me. I love the name Reset Me 123. We'll definitely get into <laughs> yeah. that and what you do um, and how you set that up. But I'd love to know a bit about your background and, and how you got into acting as well. What drew you into that? In, into the acting? Well, my um, it all started um, when I was about 15 really. My my sister, my older sister, was a performing actress and singer, and uh, she had been misdiagnosed uh, with an illness called lupus. And um, she just signed a contract with EMI. Uh, she was on top of the pops. Single came out. Everything was going wonderful. Um, then this horrible disease uh, crept in, and her life just completely stopped overnight. And she begged me and begged me to pursue her dream for her. And so I think my first gig was at this um, gentleman's working club. I couldn't really sing a note, but she'd had this gig booked and I stepped in for her because I promised I would do it. Um, and then really from that gig, it just kind of moved on and, and it went well. And, and then I really got into it and um, I wanted to pursue that dream that she didn't get a chance to really do. And so did she sort of watch you succeed? And She did. Um, what, she'd been rehearsing for um, a Cabaret, the show Cabaret, um, and she had the lead role of playing Sally Bowles. Um, but unfortunately, um, obviously somebody else had to step in because she got so ill. I mean, to a point that obviously her life, you know, she was completely paralysed by the operation she had. Um, so somebody else had to step in and she was so upset about that. But um, it took me 15 years. However, I managed to get that role when they did um, the show Cabaret and I played Sally Bowles. And it was a month before she passed away and she got to see me do it, which was. Oh, how amazing. Yeah, the best memory that I have. Yeah. yeah. And. I believe your mother had lupus as well. Well, yes. You see, um, it, again, we're not sure because she died so young as well. But now looking back at all the, or knowing as much as I do now about the illness, um, remembering the symptoms she was experiencing and what she went through. Yes, I believe she did have lupus. It's just that obviously none of us were aware. And, and what are the symptoms of lupus? Um, it seems to be misdiagnosed a lot and... There isn't enough awareness about it. And I must say, I hadn't heard anything about lupus until I knew about it from mm. you. Well, you see, it, it can manifest itself in kind of any autoimmune disorder. 
as any autoimmune. So I was wrongly diagnosed with ME um, before I was diagnosed with lupus. Um, it can get diagnosed as, as if you've had glandular fever. Um, the symptoms are uh, fatigue, um, pain in your joints, memory loss, confusion, um, any gut problem, really, I think the most common symptom and how it can start actually is to do with your gut. So irritable bowel, Crohn's, anything to do with your gut. And that's really where it stems from. But because it can be so, you know, it, it, everybody kind of has irritable bowel. Or it, it, it's a common thing. If, if it's not looked after, it can then become something like lupus. The other side of um, lupus, there's also lup discoid lupus, which is what I have mainly, which is on the skin. And you get rashes. And what's commonly known is a butterfly rash on the face. So it comes around your nose and you get like a, a just this rash. And they're like purple kind of, um, it looks like blisters, but they're not. And they come up on the face. But you can get it on the shoulders, on the back. Um, on your on your limbs, pretty much anywhere. And when you're having a flare up, um, it can really it's itchy, it it burns. It can go in your scalp. With me, it went in my nose, in my ears, throughout your whole body. It's the most uncomfortable and awful, awful feeling. Mm. Um, but yes, it can it can get misdiagnosed. It can take ages because the genes itself. It's not anybody's fault. It's just that the genes, the the blood actually doesn't really show it. They have to do a real in-depth blood test. But unfortunately, it takes ages before they think, oh, that person might have lupus. So did you spot the signs early because you knew about them from your sister and your mother? No, actually. When my sister was alive, I was having yearly tests and it always came back negative, negative, negative. Um, and mine didn't really show up till much later on where they actually tested a biopsy and they said I had a benign skin tumour, which was a bit surreal. Um, and then I went back to Italy where my family's originally from and I had this massive flare up of this, this rash. And I went to have a biopsy in Italy and the doctor there actually said, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you that actually you have what's called discoid lupus. And so of course that rang alarm bells for me straight away. How did you deal with that news when you've seen how it affected your sister? I think initially um, I was in in shock, really, because the doctors had always said, you know, it's not genetic. Your sister had it, but it's very unlikely you get it. So I was a little bit in shock, but then what set in very quickly was fear. Um, fear of because obviously of everything she went through and in those 17 years of me caring for her um, it was not an easy journey and there were more times where she'd nearly died than not and hers was cerebral lupus so she had it in the brain and of course once you have lupus and your immune system is so low it, it can easily happen that other symptoms start to join in, which is something that's called Raynaud's. Um, you get, um, what's the other one? See, brain fog. This is what happens. It's a cross between menopause and lupus. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, goodness. the symptoms are very the same. 
and yep. you yep. get uh, Reynolds, you get Sjogren's disease. I don't know if you've heard of that, uh, which is something I have. And uh, you get very dry mouth, um, less saliva, dry eyes. Um, so Reynolds, Sjogren's, um, the biggie is fibromyalgia. Um, where there are certain points in the body, the joints, the elbows, the fingers, swollen hands, and sometimes can literally stop you from doing daily activities, from walking and, and doing the stairs can sometimes take 20 minutes on a bad day. So Penny, how did you go from there to where you are now? Because you're looking fantastic. <laughs> so, so how did you reach to here from that moment where, you know, you were frozen with fear? Long journey, really, but throughout the 15 years when I was looking after my sister um, and pursuing her dream, during the day I was working and also doing as many courses as I could because I wanted to better her life. So I'd already gained so many skills and knowledge about alternative therapies because I could see that, you know, with the medication she was taking, there um, there were so many side effects to deal with. So not only does a person then deal with the condition itself, they have to then deal with the side effects from the medication, which can be even more debilitating. So I started using um, my knowledge and my skills. And with helping other people, it was time for me to actually help myself, which kind of made me sort of step back from everything and go into... Um, which starts off with in back in 1998, I met the great Louise Hay, which mm. she wrote the wonderful book, You Can Heal Your Life. Yes. And she taught me, we had a great conversation. She taught me about that it all starts with the mind, you know, and what we truly believe. So the words we say, the thoughts we think, um, what do we think? Do we, what do we believe in? It all starts with belief. And if we come from a place where we feel that there is no more hope and nothing can change, then nothing will change. So that was really sort of that fear was like, okay, this is happening to me. How, how am I now going to do this? You know, I teach this to so many people. And it was actually letting go and realizing that it might be genetic, but I am, I'm not my sister. You know, I don't have her journey. We are all individual. And, and that I really respected the sanctity of my own life and how much more I have and that I can turn it around. So it was to really believe that I have the determination to turn it around. So apart from the great teachers that have taught me, which the list is quite endless from Louise Hay um, and so forth, but then it was nutrition. Mm. So it started the with number, the mindset. Mindset. Then nutrition. That's number mm. one. That's why when I set reset me, one, two, three, number one is the mind. Number two is nutrition. So it's really looking at what you eat in terms of anti-inflammatory, um, you know, to eliminate any, any inflammatory food. Mm. And, and, and bring in things like alpha alpha sprouts and quinoa and tofu and um, taking away sort of the dead food, mm. you know, the, the food that can make you feel quite 
Donuts. But they're so inflammatory, dairy, dairy. Mm. And I love cheese. I'm Italian. I mean, I love pasta. Mm. I love cheese. You know, it was a real, but it, but it was about. Do you love life or do you love cheese? Do you love life? Yeah, <laughs> yeah do you love cheese? Yeah. And number three, it was about pursuing your goals. So to, again, make make the impossible possible. And through that, I, I, I use a myriad of tools. You know, everyone has their own philosophy and their own religion. Uh, mine has been Buddhism. So lots of, of Buddhist practice and great determination and chanting for me to turn it around. So that's really what gave me a drive. Number two, it was my nutrition. Number three, it was the fact that I've got the ability to help other people turn it around because I have, I'm actual proof of living with lupus. And if I can do it, then I know I can help. And I've helped so many other people that didn't know mm. of little, little tricks, castor oil packs for regenerating the liver blood cells, which is also very good for emotional therapy. Um, putting your feet in wonderful um, Epsom salts with magnesium, which again, you know, helps combat insomnia, which is a very common thing with fibromyalgia and lupus. Hair loss, castor oil and black seed oil to regenerate your scalp and also help with the lupus scars. Um, little little tricks which I implement and homeopathy. It's amazing how everything we go through is a preparation for what it is that we're to become or how to help other people and Absolutely. you know it's a wonderful journey and to see you looking so fresh and 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 <laughs> and you know being that example like you said for everyone is different it doesn't mean that it affected your sister in one way it's going to affect you in another Absolutely. So Penny, did you continue yeah. as a performing artist during this time or did you stop after you'd done cabaret? No, I stopped. Yeah, I stopped for a little while. My, so my father then passed away. So I lost pretty much everybody in my family. So there was a lot of grief and a mm. lot of um, healing to do for myself. So in 2010, I thought I'd take a pause and stop. Mm -hmm. Just stop performing for a bit and focus on healing me and healing other people and um and that's been my journey so far but every so often I get asked to either do a little snippet in a film or would I like to go and sing for somebody or <clears throat> and I've been doing that I've I've um I've done a couple of things um because I do miss actually the performing side um and I miss the theatrical side you know being being in character mm. you know I, I love that I used to love that yeah um, so that's the one passion and occasionally I, I do bits um, but mainly it's my focus has really been on on this on on helping others mm. and, and really really seeing the change in their lives you know so we do this they can buy like coaching sessions from me and we can do like a three-week plan a six-week plan a 12-week plan and then once a month I um, help people that are in crisis on a voluntary basis. So you said that you've been helping a lot of people during COVID or dealing with COVID. What what sort of things are people coming to you with? What kind of problems? Funny enough, the same problems that um, somebody that has lupus and fibromyalgia would suffer with. So it's um, 
problem, difficulty breathing, difficulty walking, um, insomnia, depression, um, not being able to eat properly, headaches, problem with vision, um, anxiety. Anxiety is a really big one. Um, and feeling restless, mm. almost like, you know, some people that have been working from home have had real, real debilitating effects, especially like myself. Um, if you have lupus fibromyalgia, the most important thing is to exercise as much as possible. Obviously, it's difficult mm. if you're having a flare up. Um, so it's using your wisdom to, to actually pause and not do too much. But the walking to raise your cardiovascular, it's incredibly important. So, of course, a lot of people have been too scared to go out. Mm. Um, even when the restrictions have been lifted, they're like, no, 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 <laughs> I still don't trust it. And so it's had a huge impact on their ability of walking and also their ability on how they're thinking. Their confidence has come down. They don't feel as strong. They don't have as much courage. They're not going for things. They, they haven't got that zest of life. Mm. So it's about bringing that back. And that's exactly how somebody with lupus feels. The fatigue, the fatigue, I can't emphasize enough what that means. People think of it as, um, oh, you're tired. Or the most common things that people like us with lupus, people say, you don't look sick. That's such a common thing. And it that really is like, well, I'm not making it up. Mm. <laughs> you know? I'm just pretending to be okay. Yeah, like with depression. They yeah. think, well, you look okay. You can't be depressed. Yeah. Mm. So it, it it doesn't get seen as something as an important illness. Oh, sh you just need a good night's sleep. Mm. Well, we can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm in pain. You know, well, how do you deal with that? So it, it's giving people the... The, the knowledge and the education of what to change and how to change it so that they can start to feel better. Mm. I think with um, with COVID, it really affects um, people who identify a lot with what they do. You know, who am I if I'm not teaching or I'm not um, working in the office or whatever it is that they do? Um, and a lot of people, when they retire, have that same feeling that, you know, who am I if I'm not this? And also with Absolutely. keeping yourself busy, you're so busy that it gives you this, you know, high self-worth um, that when you're not busy, you feel useless. And Well, all we all like in. to be needed, mm, you see. Yes. And, yeah. and working, believe it or not, makes us feel needed because, you know, mm. that, that makes us feel that we're doing something for someone uh, and you know we're getting paid for it so if we're not needed somebody can start to feel quite oh it's like a relationship yeah. well it is a relationship mm. so that's why every, a lot of people have looked inwards haven't they and what they found some things that they found within themselves is like I don't like that yes and it's easy enough to say you need self-love but how do you work on how do you do it yeah yeah, I know Louise yeah. Hay uses the mirror method a lot where you look at yourself in the mirror and you say that you love yourself. And it feels really weird, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it, at first? It does. I couldn't do it when she was telling me, you know, I was like, no, 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 I don't really don't want to look in the mirror. Thank you. 
Yeah, I mean, move. I mean, from then, you know, sometimes in certain, with some of my clients, I say, "Do you, do you really love you? How much do you love you? What does that mean to you?" If I say that, you know, do you love you as much as you would love someone else? And and what does that mean to you? What does loving you mean? And the answers, you know, there's so many there's a variety of answers. And it's really interesting. Yeah. So I think the mirror work makes you realize how much you don't love yourself because you start saying, I can't look at myself because uh, I've got wrinkles or I hate my double chin. Or, or my big nose. <laughs> yeah. Or I look like such an idiot staring at myself or, you know, and then when those start coming up, you realize, oh, wait a minute, I've got some issues here about accepting myself the way that I am and it brings up the deeper stuff. So it might look like a silly little game at the beginning, but it actually brings up a lot of deep feelings. It does, yeah. Mm. yeah. Especially if you've held on to, to a lot of trauma or if you've grown up where, you know, there's people sometimes, you know, especially if you were bullied at school, um, if you've had an, uh, an impact on, your, on, your, on how you look, on how you physically look, mm. um, that you carry that throughout your whole lifetime. Unless yeah. you've done some release or emotional release to let it go or accepted and looked at or actually seen the real beauty within you, which is so beautiful within each, every single individual. Yeah, everyone's so unique. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time trying to be like others when actually it's your uniqueness that makes you special. Absolutely. Especially with the media. I mean, you see so many beautiful people <clears throat> and you think, oh, I wish I could look like that, you know. But the reality is that they probably do look like that, but they don't understand that there's a lot of makeup and editing and, you know, Photoshop and God knows whatever else. Mm. Take all that makeup off and everything else. And they're normal human. We are all normal human beings. Yeah. Know? I see a lot of um, difference between people who may not have that, you know, photoshopped looking beauty but have a lot of confidence very happy their partner thinks the world of them yeah. whereas this model who's gorgeous for instance um, is quite miserable and very insecure and it really does go back to your upbringing your childhood you know mm. if, if you were if you were taught to believe that you could do anything and you are worthy and you are beautiful as you are you have that confidence, but if you're picked on for every little thing, then no matter how beautiful you become, um, you're not going to see that. You're not going to feel that. So it do, it does start with loving yourself again, bringing back all the love that perhaps you didn't have. Yeah, at an earlier it's work. Stage. It, it's inner work. It's mm. that's what I call the inner work. Um, and when people say, "Well, what, you know, I don't believe that can happen," and it's not true, and and I always just say, you know, try. Mm. Give it a go. You're not missing, you're not losing out by changing, making changes to your life. It can only be better, but you need to try it. And sometimes yeah. it takes courage. Change, that's another thing, you know, change takes courage. It's not easy to just change the patterns, the conditioning, the things we were taught to believe. There's so much of that. And that has a huge impact on physical ability. And lupus mm. actually is about anger. So the psychological side of thoughts and feelings is to do with anger. And 
you know, the traumas I had with losing three members of my family at quite an early age. There was a lot of anger for me and a lot of trauma. So it made perfect sense that I had lupus. You know, where was I going to, you know, I, I've always mm. been a very kind person. So I've never been aggressive or, or, or got taken it out on the world. I've, I kept it all in. And yes. being an entertainer, it was all about not showing your feelings, right? Yes. You're at work, you have to smile. So that's unhealthy anger when we keep it in, but it's healthy anger if we know how to release it. Correct. And there's so many different ways that we can release it, oh, you know, that are healthy, definitely. whether it's through voice or exercise or beating a pillow with a stick or, you know, um, yeah, lots of healthy ways or actually putting boundaries and, and saying no early on. That for me was a really difficult one that I had to learn. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the no, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Without mm. feeling that you're letting someone down. Mm. Um, and that there's a nice and kind way to do it as well. It's not like either harsh and horrible yeah. or, you know, pushing yeah, and, yourself over the edge to do it. Uh, absolutely. And, mm. and importantly, I really believe that, you know, I use certain methods. So I use acupuncture, homeopathy, nutrition. But that doesn't mean that that's it. You know, that's the answer. You'll be cured from lupus. Absolutely not. Every individual finds has to find what suits them you know so if they find that they feel better by doing a certain change to continue it some people it's like you know like I said I practice Buddhism but that doesn't mean that's for everybody mm. I eat this way it doesn't mean it's for everybody but nutrition for the inflammation which is all to do with lupus that yes that's the one thing that I don't kind of um, or, or I try to really, really encourage anybody that has lupus or fibromyalgia or any anti-inflammatory illness, um, immune system disorder, I really encourage them to eat um, food that don't create inflammation because as soon as that inflammation starts to die down, the dynamic of how their body moves, I mean, you'd never think I had a flare-up a couple of months ago. So, you know, it... It just goes to show. Mm. Well, what does make it flare up again for you if already you are eating well and exercising and on top of it all? Do you actually let it slip without noticing and then you're back, you know, into, uh-huh, I missed out on that. I better get back on. Yeah, so um, working from home. So my other job is I'm, I'm working from home and obviously I'm nine hours in front of two screens, not walking very much. And I think what did it was a little bit of a shock. My brother was rushed to hospital and um, they thought he had prostate cancer. So because he's the only sibling I have left and the only member of my family left, it created a little bit of a, like mm. that. So a combination of that news. Um, my mother-in-law <clears throat> also had COVID at the beginning of the year, which once or twice it was like hit and miss moments. Um, really heavy, heavy stuff with around around family. So that brought up some stuff again, which happens. Then the nine hours of working on the two screens, not doing enough exercise, slipping with the nutrition, putting everyone else in front before of yourself. me before myself. You know, mm. I have a family as well. So, so yeah. So then it creates a little bit of a flare up, and then the lovely menopause. 
Wait. Yes, tell us. Tell us about the menopause. Because you, <laughs> you said a lot of um, people that you're helping as well mm. um, are menopausal. So tell us, you know, how can we work with that? What, what are the best methods? How are you helping them? Well, there are only a few of, of people like me that cannot tolerate medication. So, you know, um, I've been given medication in the past. My body just rejects it and I have really, really bad reactions. So um, <clears throat> I've gone to the alternative route, which means HRT is not just the only answer. Okay, because that comes with a lot of side effects and problems too. So again, it's looking at what's good for menopause. And currently I'm um, doing a um, coaching session with three or four women actually that have decided to sort of use the natural way which is implementing again changing food and doing certain things so like the castor oil pack um, bathing your feet uh, every single night in uh, magnesium um, because that's what we need vitamin b vitamin c vitamin d vitamin b6 and 12 um, drinking lots of water um, going for a massage, having an acupuncture session and Agnes Castus to regulate the hormones and Maca to help regulate the menopausal hot sweats. All those things, just a small routine, but done daily, had a wonderful, wonderful result for me. Mm, so no hot flushes or are they less? Less, like, much what, what less. What are the symptoms and, and which ones are relieved? So you have this maca powder in the morning and that's to regulate the hormones. So I probably, I used to get three or four hot sweats. Now I probably get a little one for about 15 minutes. So I'm increasing my maca, but you have to start very slowly. Um, and that's taken every morning and then eating quite a lot of quinoa with lots of green vegetables to get as much protein in because it's very, very high in protein. Um, alpha, alpha sprouts, again, all these help reduce inflammation and which are attached to the hormones. The vitamin B6s, so B6, B12, they really help women that are um, in menopause because that's your estrogen levels go so low quite radically, can cause palpitation, dizziness, um, experience with vision, which is all what I had. I had mm. all of this, ended up in hospital. They thought I had a stroke, um, but it wasn't. It was to do with the menopause, but they, they didn't, they wouldn't believe me when I said, please do me a blood test. No, 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 not yet. And I, I was demanding it. Um, and when they finally did, my estrogen levels were so low. So, of course, I went straight mm. in with Agnes Castus, the castor oil pack that helps to regenerate the um, regeneration of the blood cells in the liver. The liver is an important organ for us women, obviously, for anyone, but us women especially. Um, and just by doing those simple techniques and adding those supplements and the wonderful um, restoring magnesium flakes for bathing my feet for 20 minutes really helped with the insomnia. And when you say all these different vitamins, they're usually in the multivitamin for like women 50 plus. Uh, is that what you mean? Or do they have to be like taken individually? No. So again, I use natural, organic, not synthetic or anything that's been manufactured. 
Um, so on my website, I've got lots of little links and um, I can sort of recommend the best brands that I, that I use that mm. I think are best. But if you want to even do a search or anybody wants to search, always go for um, non-synthetic, you know, not just in boots and go and get a multivitamin. Um, there's a brand called um, Living Well. Um, they do some fantastic remedies, vitamin C, that oral drops or spray, which is better for me because if you've got gut problems, which usually people with lupus and fibromyalgia do, indigestion is a biggie, acidity is a biggie. These wonderful sprays don't cause any irritation to the gut. You just spray it in the side of the mouth or drop little droplets, which is great. Mm. Much better than those big fat pills that you have to. Yeah, I can't down. take any of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I better you. That's also a very good brand that I've used. Um, and yeah, and and just looking at anything holistic, I think always opening up that pathway of doing something, even if it's just a massage. If if you don't want to have acupuncture, um, the placebo effect on our body and our mind is wonderful to even have you know, reflexology, Reiki, um, any type of healing is great. And the fact that you do them all, is it because you've tried them all and what's worked for you, you've kind of now used as your therapy, a mixture? Because well, there's so many things in that list. Of I know. Yeah. Well, you know, what happened was, is obviously for, for myself, it was try, trial and error, you know, mm. I, I didn't know what was going to work for me. So what I did find that did work, then I went on to study it and then so that I could share it. So it was that excitement of going, oh, my God, I feel really good. That really worked. How can I help someone else? Because someone else is going through this. It's not just me. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, so I, I still do that today. I, I try something. If I love it, I then want to study it and then I want to share it. So um, and also because sometimes treatments and things that I found can cost very expensive these these alternative therapies can be very expensive so i found a way of trying to learn and share as much knowledge as i could so that if you have the knowledge you can do it yourself mm. then it helps you and you help someone else so it's kind of teaching to for you to share so that you can share and if we can all keep doing that it gets wider and more and more people help each other. We can help each other. That's why I got into herbalism, acupuncture, um, massage. Okay, certain things I can't do myself. But I know that if I'm going to spend money, it's to make myself feel better. So mm. it's prioritizing what you need and what to do. And do you find that most of the um, clients that you have are women suffering with these issues or men suffering with similar things? Um, I've worked with, with two guys now who are having a little bit of a midlife crisis, actually, mm. uh, of which one is actually caring for his wife that has lupus. And, and he's been, you know, you've got to think the carers do an incredible work. Anybody that cares for somebody they love is, is, is really tough. Mm. And, and you also know what that's like. I do. So you can help others with that. Yeah. Mm. And that one's more a little bit of a little bit of counselling and um, some supplements. And also I kind of try and get out of them what it is that they love, what's their passion, what was their hobbies, 
what what haven't they done? And we kind of I kind kind of get them back onto that little road of doing a little bit of that, even if it's once or twice a week. Yes, because it helps. feels so selfish to indulge in the things that you like when you need to be caring for someone else or should be thinking of someone else's needs that are ill. But actually, that's what gives you the energy and the ability to cope and yeah. continue helping them. That's right. And yeah. it's so important. Well, Penny, thank you so much for, no, thank for, you for all this information me. and knowledge and all that you do. And if anyone needs to reach out to you to know more, they can visit you on resetme123.com, right? That's right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you, Ryan. Penny. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.